Welcome to Salt for Slugs Radio. I'm Rich Cole, along with J.B. White, and today we have the pleasure of speaking with North Carolina-based musician Clark Bloomquist. Clark has been in a laundry list of bands here in Chapel Hill over the past 20 years. His band, Cold Cream, recently released their debut album on cassette, something we've been seeing a lot of these days. If you don't have a cassette player, just stay tuned and we will feature a few tracks from that tape and some select tunes from Clark's other recent projects. So man, it's great to have you here today. Thanks for inviting me. Why'd you move to North Carolina from Florida? You know, we uh, had thought about coming up here to visit and uh, had a friend up here, Maria Albany, that lives in Durham, that's in um, Organos, you know, Maria. And uh, she was like, come visit, it's great up here. She, I knew her from in Florida in St. Pete. And uh, before we had a chance, we got in a big argument with our landlord and uh, felt like we needed to move out real fast, like it wasn't a good situation. So we packed up and just moved up here sight unseen, actually. We just called Maria and said, hey, try to find us an apartment. We're going to be there in like two days. And we got a U-Haul, four cats, all of our stuff, car in the back of the U-Haul. This and is just you drove and Caroline. Up. Me and Caroline, my okay. ex-wife, yeah. And uh, we just kind of powered up here and said, well, if we don't like it, we'll just keep going, you know? <laughs> nice. Uh, and I ended up staying. She's back in Florida, but I'm still digging it. Were you guys already a band before you moved up here? No, I have done music a long time. She That was the first thing that, that she had done was that the band that we started once Shall we I got up here. Name? Shall it be thy name, yeah. This cold cream tape, man, I really dig it. Thanks. It's awesome. What, uh, what went into making that? We went to Mitch Easter's studio, the Fidelitorium, which is in Kernersville, and uh, Missy Thangs, Aaron, uh, recorded it. And uh, it's great. We did it in a couple of days. It was a great process. We didn't labor over it too long. We went in ready to do it. And we spent a couple of days doing it. And she mixed it. And we put out the tape. Came out great, man. Thanks. Well, so, Why did you decide to do the tape? You know, tapes right now, a lot of bands are turning around doing tapes again. It's really cheap. I mean, if you do a few hundred of them, you can produce it where that has the full printing and it's printed on the tape. It looks like the tape you get in the store, but $2 and change a tape. And I mean, some people opt to just order the tapes and then make their own J card or whatever, and that's even cheaper. Or just daisy chain some tape decks and do them yourself that way, and then it's super cheap. But, uh, you know, we went ahead and paid to do the printing and stuff because that was only, I don't know, it's less than $3 a tape when you get a few hundred. And then you have it online. And people can download it and give you money online if they want to. We set set it on its like the in rainbows model, you know. And Radiohead was like, "Oh, they're saying you can just get their album and pay what you want." That's kind of like that has continued, where a lot of bands just do that, where it's like, "Yeah, you can download it, you can stream it. If you want to pay, you can pay what you want, or not, just take it." Do you and get then, a lot of people paying? Some, yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of people like to get expect to get free music these days, which is just the reality. And I, I do too. You know, I, I go hunt around online and look for stuff that's free too. So that's just, I think that's just where we are with music right now. But at least with the tape, we have an artifact that has lyrics in it and art. And when we play a show, people can buy it. And then they might still download it and mostly listen to it off their phone. But they have the thing that's there. And it's funny how many people have tape decks in their car, like you said you do. Yeah. Um, a lot of people still have cars that have tape decks in them or a boombox in their kitchen or something. Right. So that's kind of cool. If people are used to listening to music over their computer, all of a sudden they have this tape, even if they don't have tapes, but they're like, oh, wait, I have that boombox in the garage. They'll go listen to it. So it gives them, it makes it an occasion to actually 
sit down and listen to it, which I think is cool too. Yeah, I think it's awesome. Yeah. I listen to it in my boombox in the garage. <laughs> yeah, I listen to tapes. I buy them from bands that come around, and you know, it's still fun to make a mixtape. I mean, I guess you could do it online, but so um, <laughs> did Ron do all the artwork for that? No, actually, a friend of his did it, and I forget his name. It's in there. Ron decided, hey, I like this guy's stuff. We should ask him. That's cool. So he does our shirts and flyers and posters and different things and stickers. But uh, for that, he just felt like, why don't we just, what do you guys think about this? And it was good stuff. So, Well, what's your favorite track off the tape? Probably Angie or Wage Theft. That's a good one. I like Objects and Mirror. Oh, yeah. That was a later one. That's the old, that's the newest of the batch. I think it like one. slows down a little bit. We're going to play that one on here. Oh, cool. For sure. talk about your other projects what do you got going on Tagusa Galpin is the catch-all that is I've released a few tapes actually three double albums on tape so it's a, about three hours of music and there's another one in the can that'll be out this year sometime that I'm, I'm working on that's pretty much done and uh, that mostly is electronic music but uh, experimental music there's several people involved in that right the recordings are mostly me um, Justin Blatt has done some, some collaborated with me on some of it. Uh, Zeke Graves, um, other people in town and out of town have sent me tracks and we've collaborated live. Sometimes Justin has played with me. Sometimes Lee Waters and Ben Dunlop have sat in. Um, Crow Meat Bob has come and played sax, Dan Hall. Because a lot of time the live thing, we're not even trying to play any of the songs on the recordings. We'll just get together and it's more like, I'm not going to say jazz, but... It's more free form and kind of, uh, you know, we just let it, let it rip. So there's kind of like two sides to the band. Like there's an there's acoustic few, side and then there's like a heavy metal side almost. There's well, the version that we do with Lee and Ben is definitely metal. It's um, and then this when I do it myself, that will often be a drum machine, a synthesizer, and a bunch of effects, and that's more electronic music. But sometimes also I'll do something where it's acoustic guitar, and sometimes electronics are just sometimes just acoustic um so it's kind of whatever i'm i feel a lot of times i leave it up to a few days before the gig and decide unless i need to line up other people to definitely sit in um often i'll just sometimes i'll write a piece of music a few days out before a gig and then perform it and then that'll be something i'll go back and record and that'll end up on the next album so what do you think um the scene in chapel hill as far as going to shows is like compared to 15 years ago has it changed a lot or uh Mm, it, it, it's definitely changed. 
I think mostly things are great. I think when I moved here, which was in 98, maybe some people had had such a wealth of music to go see for a long time that some people were burned out on going out to shows. And that might have also been the mood just everywhere. You know, like people were burned out on especially like rock shows. Um, a lot of, you know, Chapel Hill had had its moment in the 90s where I think there was some interest and some people got their hopes up that think some certain things were going to happen. But I came up here aware of some of the st- kind of, there was a thing, Tuba Frenzy, it was a zine, this guy Tim put out. And he also put out a, a compilation called Cognitive Mapping that had all these weird bands. And I had booked some band in, in St. Pete at a club I was booking at. And uh, I thought, what is this place? Like with all these weird bands. And uh, so when I came here, I didn't necessarily have any expectations of there being like, you know, anything more than a bunch of weirdos that were doing interesting stuff. And there was, seemed like there was a lot of experimental music and bands like Palvo and Archers of Loaf and Flat Duet Jets and Super Chunk and all of them would come down. And they obviously had a lot of stuff going. Oh, so yeah. that was cool too. Like, okay, this area has that and there are bands that are, looks like they're making a living and touring and putting out records. But there's also... Uh, all this other stuff that's just like under the radar that's really weird. So the combination of those things was like, oh, okay, that seems like they've got, there's some reason this little college town has all this going on. So, and it's, uh, that was, that piqued my interest a lot. I think Merge was a little more cutting edge back then. There was that and people doing independent releases and, uh, you know, geographically here being on 40 and off at 95, I think is, has a lot to do with it too. And the colleges obviously, but People on tour need to get from D.C. to Nashville or get right. down to, you know, from Baltimore to Atlanta. They, you know, it just makes sense that there would be a big music scene here. And then with the universities, it it all kind of comes together. But I think I still think it's terrific here. I've enjoyed my time living here and plan to to be around. And there's, you know, nightlight is better than ever. You know, they just keep upgrading everything at that place. And they go the extra mile for everything. The cave was... It was people wondered if it was going to keep going. The cave is doing great; they're putting on as great as shows as ever. Um, the station is redoing it. Station has been doing great shows. The five hundred six new guys, um, Rob Walsh and Steve, bought the five hundred six recently, and they're doing great stuff. The back room is there now, which is a lot like you know Phil's kind of a space like Go Room Four was in a little bit bigger way, but you know feels like that space. Cradle, you mean? Yeah, behind yeah. the cradle in the yeah. back room, oh, yeah. you know. That's a great venue. Yeah, it's awesome. And then the Cradle's still doing its thing. So, so much stuff in Durham and Raleigh. It's, I think it's a good time to, to be in a band and be able to play a lot of places. And there's a lot of opportunities. The political climate probably influences a lot of your work nowadays, I'm thinking, too, as well. With Cold Cream especially, I think the stuff that I do on my own is a little inside of my brain, kind of my brain eating itself, anxiety music or something. But... Cold Cream, Monty wrote the lyrics, and they definitely, uh, he ha- he has things on his mind. Unfortunately, he's moved to Colorado just recently, but we're, we'll probably come back in some other incarnation because Laura and, and Ron and I enjoy playing music together, and we've known each other a long time, so we're figuring that out right now. But yeah, Monty moved to Fort Collins. Yeah, he was fantastic. Oh, yeah. I thought he was great. It was funny, the other day when I saw you and you said, I'm just the drummer for Cold Cream. I was like, just the drummer for Cold Cream? Like, that's the best band in town, man. What are you talking about? Well, I kind of covet... I mean, it's nice after years of being in bands, a lot of the time being the singer and guitarist or being having some other function of being feeling responsible for the whole thing. 
sometimes just being the drummer is nice you know like it feels you know i don't mind plugging the drums and setting them up if it's like then i just get to do that it's just great not have to worry about all the other things with to go to galpin sometimes literally i'll come way early and spend 45 minutes setting up all this crap all this all the gear that i need for the particular thing i'm trying to do sometimes it'll take forever and then i'll play an 11 minute set you know <laughs> but you know that's that's, that's part of the fun i guess well that's how you do it man you gotta prep so i have one of the shallow be thy name cds oh yeah the, the ones we burned <laughs> yeah so what was up with that project how how did that go that was uh caroline and i um our first thing that we did after that was wamis if you remember that and that had incorporated some other people in it. Shall be the name was at first just us, and then some of the usual suspects. Lee Waters again was involved in that, and uh, Paul Finn and some other people in town. Zeke again was in that. Um, it was kind of uh, shall it be their name. We, we did a few things for a few years and played around town. It was uh, my first band where I was really trying to do a lot, a lot of different stuff and try out a lot of different things. It was a departure from Goat Thrower. Yeah, the <laughs> bands I'd been in in Florida had been punk and metal bands mostly, or pretty much heavy rock bands. Shall be the name was the first time there was like a little more acoustic guitar and synthesizer, and we were feeling kind of mellower and more introspective and wanted it to be kind of psychedelic. Right. And uh, some of the stuff that I've, uh, you know, I've always liked. Uh, some things like that, bands like that, but hadn't really done that kind of music myself. You know, being, yeah. you know, I'm 46, so as a teenager, there was The Smiths and Echo and the Bunnymen and Bauhaus and yeah. all that stuff that I really enjoyed that never really, uh, it eluded me being able to really like create any music like that on my own. It was a lot easier to find punk bands to be in or, you know, do that kind of thing at the time. So Shall Be the Name was us being like, oh, we could do something like this. You know, something that's a little, you know, f- floats right. along a little more. The name Tegucigalpa, what, what does that mean? Tegucigalpa is a city in Honduras, but um, I, I'm told they would, a person from there would not refer to themselves as a Tegucigalpa. So in a sense, it's a made up word. the song good grief what was the inspiration for that uh, this is me the last few years i've been trying to do more i don't know if i would say it's dance music but it's drum machine and it's got elements of dance music there's also uh some kind of noise elements in it just trying to like marry those things like nightlight is really the place that i haunt the most um the nightlight is known for having a lot of really great electronic music and also noise and experimental stuff that kind of pushes the envelope and that's been an influence on me especially the last however many years um like more and more that's been a place where i'm finding a lot of inspiration watching people do stuff that 
I watch them play and I'm not even quite sure what they're doing. Right. You know, yeah, yeah. but it sounds good. And to me, the thing that people miss about a lot of what to call a lot of it noise is almost a misnomer. Some of it is noisy or loud or harsh, but I think if you really come at it from an angle of this is really psychedelic music to me, um, you know, even a big sheet of white noise that's just kind of crackling and pulsing. If you really listen, there's like waves of things that are kind of rolling through that. And I think a lot of people just are like, what is this? Somebody put a mic up to the speaker and let it feedback or something and think that's what it is. And really, there's a lot more to it than that. So anyway, on the the latest to Goose Galpin, but on all all of them, but on this latest one especially and on this song, it's me kind of uh, feeling out what can I do with a drum machine, synthesizer, and effects and kind of uh, have it have some uh, dissonant things in there but it also kind of like you just a little bit of a toe tapper i don't know what do you got going on in the future here like what's 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 coming up uh to, tonight i'm gonna be playing in sanford with dan melchior who i've been playing with just the last just since last summer um at uh hugger muggers brewery oh it's in sanford in sanford yeah yeah um and we've got some stuff coming up we just recorded a record me and uh dan melchior and chris gerard and our friend tony that lives up in new york um that'll be out i guess this summer or later in the later in the year and we're going to do some touring later in the spring um kingsbury manx is still on a long hiatus um it's been more than a few years now since we really did anything but i think at some point that will come back around and we'll do something we talk about it every once in a while but those guys are busy and um you know with jobs and kids and everything else so um to goose galpin i'm playing tomorrow night at the cave with some buddies from florida that are coming up and also with ben carr uh personality cult his new band ben carr from natural causes and last year's men and the archaics from richmond so that's tomorrow at the cave um, playing Tegucigalpa and playing at the back room of the cradle in February with Dove Legs, which is Mike Triplett from Fin Fang Foom and Trey, and Ginger, John Crouch. That's their new band. And Work Clothes, one of possibly my very favorite North Carolina um, band ever, or maybe one of my favorite bands ever. That's Work Lee Clothes. And Jenny. Lee and Jenny's thing yeah. is so good. You can go on their band camp. Um, the album is called These Are the Shoes We Wear. And uh, you can hear that whole thing, and it is just gorgeous. It is so good. It is out. such a bummer, which I love. It's uh, it's really kind of, I love depressing music, and man, it really, it's like, it's like listening to The Wall. <laughs> oh, man. And uh, Cold Cream, you say you're thinking about Cold Cream, cream. where I'm going to maybe talk to a few people about trying out to sing and see how it goes. Um, we're not going to bring anybody else in and keep that going unless we really feel like this is a new chapter and it'll be, like it'll be something new. Yeah, well, if we don't get another singer, we've talked about uh, Ron and Laura and I starting a new band and maybe it won't have a, maybe we'll get another guitarist or keyboardist or right. saxophone or do something different that's not Cold Cream. But I think first we'll try to bring somebody in to sing and build off of what we've already been doing with that. Well, man, it's been great having you yeah, here today. Thanks for having me. Our pleasure. And we're listening to Eichmann in Jerusalem by Cold Cream. Thanks for tuning in.
Soft for Slugs magazine is contemporary literature for the random reader, covering everything from local art to music, politics, film, you name it. Soft for Slugs radio is produced at Stony Hill Sound Studio in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. The name Soft for Slugs is a metaphor not to be taken literally. No slugs were harmed in the production of this podcast. Thank you for listening.